Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Much Talk About Nothing, a podcast where we talk about nothing, and we talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Grant Ingram, and joining me today to talk about The Italian Job and Punisher by Phoebe Bridger is none other than my good friend, Ethan Collier. Hello, everyone. I am, in fact, Ethan, and I'm joining Grant today. Awesome. So seeing as it is the first episode, I'd like to take just a couple minutes to introduce ourselves briefly. Um, Ethan, I'll let you start if you want. Okay, so, um, well, I'm Ethan, of course. I am in a band called Crossroads EMC that I think I get to plug later, right? Yes, yes, you do. Okay, but uh, I'm also about to go um, to college, so this is like my last high school summer. So what better way than to watch movies and listen to a bunch of music? I mean, that's about the best you can do with quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you certainly can't go anywhere, so. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Grant. I'm a year behind Ethan, so I'm going into my second to last high school summer. And I'm um I'm just really happy to be here talking about movies with people. It, it's going to be a, it's going to be fun. Um I'm not in a band, so that my my whole thing is just to talk to people who are in bands. That's that's my whole job. And what a great place to start with them with me, right? Right. Yeah, man. We can get your Spotify listenership up and Though it does get higher than six, but when it's been a couple of months since I've released anything, it always dips down super low. Yeah, well, that's that's how this is going to be, I'm sure. It's going to start yeah. out really small, and, but who knows? Maybe maybe it can jump up. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, so we did want to talk about The Italian Job, which is a movie from 1969, I believe. Yes, 1969. It's a, as IMDb describes it, a comic caper about a plan to steal a gold shipment from the streets of Turin by creating a traffic jam. The movie stars Michael Caine, Noel Coward, and Benny Hill. Ethan, I'll let you go first. Just some general spoiler for your thoughts. So I think the most interesting thing for me about this movie was seeing Michael Caine in a role where he's not like the wise, like, grandpa. Instead, he's like playing this gangster who I think is like a ladies' man too. And I wasn't sure what I was going to get from Michael Caine being young, but that, that wasn't really what I expected, but he pulled it off pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah, me too. I kept saying at the beginning of the movie, like, Michael Caine was young. I, I always just think of him as Alfred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like any of the characters from uh, Nolan's movies. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, he could have been James Bond. Like, he looked like James Bond. I would have actually watched that. James Bond as Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. If only they'd gotten over the whole blonde thing before Daniel Craig. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was a super interesting movie in my my opinion. I really liked like the subtle humor that they that they tried to incorporate. It it landed for me. Um, If I had to knock anything, I'd say that I wasn't quite sure where Mister Bridger was going. Like I had no idea what that character was until about midway. No, I thought um, it was interesting to watch a movie where, like, it's obviously it's 1969, so they don't have all the modern, like, CGI and all the different camera angles that we get now. So, like, if you watch a Fast and Furious movie with, like, their car chases, you get, like, a new cut every, like, half a second. Mm -hmm. And it's great if you have, like, a really short attention span because you get to, like, new thing. Mm -hmm. But the car chase, which I guess was the climax of this movie, 
I enjoyed it, but it was like just way different because it's just like long shots because it's all practical. Right. Um, and so I think they did a lot with the space. Like they were able to vary up the setting and make it go interesting places without doing the cuts that we get to enjoy now. Yeah, that's, that's something I hadn't even thought about. But yeah, I, personally, I really enjoyed the, the chase scenes just because they, were, they had like almost a comical effect because mm-hmm. they were so long. Yeah. The, and I also thought the soundtrack over them was really good. Like I, I really liked all the music. Yeah, I thought the music did a good job um, kind of going along with what the story wanted you to feel. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I was very much in the same place. I thought it was a nice touch that the, the closing song had Michael Caine as one of the lead singers. Mm-hmm. Just, now, I guess it's a plot hole, though, that he didn't sing it during the scene, but <laughs> we'll look look past that, right? Right, it, it, at least until we get to spoilers. Mm-hmm. So I, one of the things, one of the last things I have to say really about how it was done is I really like the motif of that road that you see in the opening credits where it mm-hmm. just keeps showing up and it keeps being important. Um, yeah, I think it comes through like what, three or four different times in the movie? Yeah, yeah. And it's, each time it's a little bit different. It's like at the beginning of each act almost. Right. And it it worked really well in that way where mm-hmm. it would divide everything up and give you a nice cohesive story. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have anything else you want to say before we get over the spoiler wall? Um, well, I think, cause you mentioned it's about like trying to cause a traffic jam. Um, what a realistic way to try to pull off a crime than using a traffic jam, right? Right. Yeah. Just stop everybody, but your guys. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've got more to talk about that as soon as we jump over the wall. So yes. um, if you're good, I, mm-hmm. I say we go ahead and jump. So spoiler warning to anyone who hasn't seen this 50-some-odd-year-old movie, and um, you should watch it is, is where I'm at with it. And if, if you have seen it, go ahead and continue on with us. So, um, Ethan, if it's cool with you, I'd like to just jump straight to the end and kind of work our way back. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Personally, I thought the ending was really well done um, What with the bus hanging over the cliff. Yeah, I was expecting that to resolve. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of ended, and I wasn't sure what to think. Yeah, it was all inception Mm-hmm. Which I guess would start a trend for Michael. Isn't, isn't Michael Caine in inception I think he, is. he is. Yeah, he's yeah. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's father, I believe. That's right. Yeah, so I wasn't really expecting, like, a cliffhanger-type ending in kind of a classic mobster car chase kind of movie. Um, so that was really, it was really, like, I thought it was good that they did that because it kind of subverts the expectations. Um, now, do you think that they get out of it or do you think that they plummet to their death? Uh, well, see, with that plot hole of Michael Caine singing the soundtrack, I, I think they would have had to have gotten out of it. But That's true. He has to be in the booth later to lay down that fire track. Right, yeah. But um, in all seriousness, I don't know. Um, I kind of hope they did. At the same time, it'd be hilarious if they pulled that off just to go flying over the edge. Mm-hmm. Well, like in two, the way that they ended is they kind of pull out to where eventually you can't even see the bus anyway, and it's just an establishing shot. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I thought the establishing shot was really was really mm-hmm. good and gave you a really good sense of just everything that they had gone through to get to that point. 
Now on to the, the traffic jam itself. What was your what was your take on it? So I thought it was really um, it was kind of quirky the way that they were able to get around it. So like having using the soccer match to have a giant British bus in the middle of Italy. Right. I thought that was funny. Um, now I thought I'm still not sure how the bus itself. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but I'm not sure how the bus itself gets out of the traffic jam, because like it's in it, and then it's just yeah. kind of moves. And I guess you kind of if a movie's got a movie, because right. like with the Fiat's, they have those like tops of buildings and back roads and whatnot. But I, f- I forget how the bus makes it out. So are you talking about the big bus or the little bus? The big bus. Well, not the big bus. The little one with. Uh, with like all the England memorabilia on it. Okay, so hadn't really thought about it, but with like you said, the Fiat's had all the um the top roof stuff, like when mm-hmm. they were on the back roads, and I guess they just had enough time to once the jam ended, they they could get away. And I guess the the bus too wasn't what people were looking for. It was more the Fiat's anyway. So yeah, yeah, um, I thought the Fiat car chase was really well done. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of the better car chases I've seen from like older movies. Yeah, too. They they really knew what they were going for. I, I like the when they went all went up the building and got and like went three different ways. Yeah, and then hid. Yeah, it's kind of, it reminded me a lot of like the way that like Tom and Jerry and those older cartoons would do action because they would have to keep it fluid, but they would change things up every like you know ten twenty seconds or so to keep you invested. Yeah, because I have seen some like old car chases where you basically just watch them just drive down the road and that's it. It's like, well, are they going to catch up? And so you lose interest pretty quick when you're used to you know explosions and uh, driving out of buildings into other buildings. But I thought that this made a lot of made a good use of its space more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and um, now I will say I've. I've watched a little bit of the show, the grand tour on Amazon. And um, there's one of the episodes where they talk about um, this racetrack that they use in the Italian job as part of that car chase, the, the big one on the roof. And it was, yeah. just, it was kind of cool to just see them use what was actually there as part of okay, the that's chase. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just thought it was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say one of my biggest critiques of this film I didn't realize it was a mafia movie until about three quarters of the way in. Um, I, I don't know how I missed it. I guess I get that. Like, I know, like, I could tell, like, I thought Michael Caine was operating, like, outside of both mafias. Yeah. Um, from the beginning. But then it does kind of shift into, like, the English mafia versus the Italian mafia about halfway through. It um, very much does. Yeah. Um, one of the things, like what I was saying earlier with Mr. Bridger, I thought he was the warden of the prison, like the entire time. Yeah. It never occurred to me that he paid everybody off. Yeah. That, yeah. Made, that makes sense. Yeah. Of course, once I realized that it made that, that final scene with him in the prison, everybody clapping and <laughs> hooraying, just all that much better. Yeah, yeah I like the how they cut between that and... Uh... The cars, like, escaping, I thought that was really nice. Yeah, it, it kind of kept you invested. For, first time I saw it, I watched it at, like, 1 a.m., and so I 
I've managed to stay awake through all of it. And so I know it was, it was powerful. Line of quality there that you can uh, watch it after midnight and not fall asleep. Yes. Yes. That, so if you're looking for something after midnight, the Italian job is always fair game. Yeah. Now we, we talked a little bit about the humor. Um, do you have any like favorite moments or lines? I'm going to like jump specifically to, to mind, but I did really like how snarky uh, Michael Caine's character was, I think more than anything else. Um, I think my, I think now I think about like the best moment is at the very beginning when like they roll a car off and then they throw a wreath down. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. And then it, it, it's kind of all revealed at the end of the movie, what, or I guess it, closer to the quarter mark where that, that the Italians had killed, killed off the, the buddy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me personally, I think my favorite line in the movie was um, when, when Bridger got, um, well, when Charlie got out, Michael Caine's character, and they, one of the wardens said that, um, they say he's going to do a job in Italy, and Mr. Bridger goes, well, I hope he likes spaghetti. They serve it four times a day in the Italian prisons. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It really fed into the warfare going on between the two mafias, I thought. Yeah. So I think I just had the, um, like the board meeting scene, I thought was really entertaining, just watching everybody kind of mesh together. Mm-hmm. But overall, I really liked the movie. Very few criticisms. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. I guess you want to move to like a fi- your final thoughts segment? Yeah. So um, final thoughts is um, I would give it like an A, A plus. Highly recommend the watch. Um, that, that's just where I land on it. If you like it, please send us an email. I'll plug the, the email at the end of the episode. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to discuss it further. Hello everybody, it's Grant from the Future here to tell you that we do not condone anything on Phoebe Bridger's social media. We are simply reviewing the album. View all of her social media presence at your own risk. Thank you. Now we move on to Punisher by Phoebe Bridger, which ties in really well with Mr. Bridger. Maybe it's his his daughter, his fictional daughter. Mm-hmm. So by now, I guess we both had a chance to listen through the album a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listened to it, I think, two or three times now. Okay. Do you have any just general thoughts on it? Yeah, so I guess we'll want to start by talking about um, just the album in general. Um, So Phoebe Bridgers is an L.A.-based artist, I believe, and she makes um, what's considered either just singer-songwriter or uh, L.A. dream pop. And so that style is more of like a singer-songwriter, well, obviously singer-songwriter. So it's got very descriptive writing. Um, it reminds me a lot of like country singer songwriter, yeah. but the production's a little smoother and a little poppier. Um, yeah, I get that. And I ch- and I listened to I think I started listening to it about three weeks ago, or maybe two. What is time anymore? But <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, um, and it was I saw like some reviews about it because I think I got some critical buzz. Um, I checked it out and immediately was like, I really like this artist. And so I decided to force you to listen to it on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I got around to it today. 
because I, I was writing out some show notes and I'm like, this is a really good time to have some experience listening to this. Gotta say, I really liked it. Um, yeah, I really liked the way she used her lyrics because I, I don't know anything about music other than the lyrics, really. I really liked how the lyrics kind of flowed with the melody and how, like, it's it's a very clean album, but it does have the one word in one of the latter songs, and it just That's really true. packs yeah. that punch. Yeah, I was. I guess that we should do like a a slight language warning. Um, I believe it's ICU that has a little bit of language in it, and they don't mark it explicit for some reason. But uh, okay, that's our that's our little content warning. Yes, so explicit warning on ICU. Now Amazon, I know, does mark it explicit, but for okay. some reason Spotify. Yeah, maybe it's like a Spotify, yeah, type of thing. Um, yeah, Spotify can be kind of worried about that. They can be. So yeah, do you have any thoughts on like specific songs that you really liked or? So I think the strong, the strongest tracks for me were probably, um, I think Garden Song was my favorite. Um, I really liked um, the picturesque kind of lyrical writing um, and that combined well with the overall instrumentation because it was kind of so, like kind of subtle almost to where you really had to focus in on what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it paints a nice picture of creepily moving into your crush's house, like uh, to the house next to your crush yeah um and i guess making a garden on like a dead body i don't know um (laughs) but it was it was kind of quirky but i thought it was really an interesting way to start the album overall it's kind of like a sweet but destructive kind of tendency that really kind of sets the overall tone for the album anyway uh, because the title song Punisher is about, you know, not being a great person to be in a relationship with or like having certain flaws. Yeah. Or being like a Marvel superhero. Yes. That too. I just kind of expected her to be like screaming the entire time. And she Mm -hmm. wasn't. And it was, yeah. I'm looking on the, uh, the Wikipedia and the genres that it gives for the album is indie rock and emo folk. I think emo folk might be the best way to describe it. Yeah, um, it might be in a genre of its own because I've I've never heard of anything else that fits that, except maybe Twenty One Pilots occasionally. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know if they're folk, but de- they're definitely emo rock. Kind yeah, of yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, what did you think? I guess were the strong tracks off of that album. So I really liked ICU. Um, now, I'm not going to lie, I didn't get the message for most of the album. I just liked the like the beautiful background noise type thing. Um, it does have a nice kind of vibe appeal to where if you're not looking for a you know, um, deep dive, you can also enjoy it just from... The, it's very palatable. Like There's not a lot of really garish sounds, except maybe on the closer, because it, it uses that as a crescendo. Yeah. So you the the end of the album which is i guess it's called i know the end so it's the nice ending track yeah um it overall i think it's a pretty melancholy record um very much focused on lyricism um i think the biggest break from that's probably kyoto yes third track on the album Mm -hmm. Um, that's actually one of my favorite tracks off of it um because it's still got that nice um descriptive writing style that she uses um, but it's a little peppier. Right. It's a nice, it's a nice like palette change too. So it kind of breaks up the other um, slower songs. 
Right, and it comes right after um, Garden State, or it is Garden, Garden State. Song. I think it's Garden Song. Garden check. Song, my bad. Um, which gives you a nice palate cleanser from you know the the creepy stalker who planted a garden over a body. Um, but like a sweet stalker, because you're right. like, you're like, man, that's nice. Wait a second. <laughs> she killed that person. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Netflix as you, but it, it's still pretty creepy. Only if you think about it like super duper hard. Right. Right. And I mean, that's, that's what the whole sound invites you to do. Mm-hmm. Like it, especially on like subsequent listen throughs, you just have to dig a little deeper. I think that's one of my favorite things about it. Like it just invites that, that critique and that, I, I guess connection to the to the music you're you're getting. Mm-hmm. What about the genre as a whole? So emo folk, or I, I guess I'm gonna call it LA dream pop, was something that I wasn't super um, familiar with before looking into this record. Yeah, um, I guess the closest thing I'd really listened to was like Heim, and but they're kind of like a little more with like a dance pop kind of thing. Yeah, with more acoustic elements, but. Um, but looking into the genre a little more, um, I've really enjoyed what I've seen. Um, she has an album with a couple other artists that are in a similar vein that I've worked through called uh, Boy Genius. And that one is it's a interesting list. I haven't gone all the way through yet. But uh, while Phoebe Bridgers is more kind of like ethereal with her vocals, she mixes with some people that kind of have a little lower, more husky tones. And so it it creates a, a really cool um, back and forth. So you get like those highs, but you also kind of get a grittier, um, more rooted sound from the other artists there. Kind of like a like a 60s hole and oats type of thing where one of them sings high, the other one sings a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like what the other artists do is they kind of bring it into more of a, more like peppy almost. So where it's a little dirtier rock mixed with her um, kind of more soaring vocals. Um, I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, but I really have enjoyed it so far. Okay. I will definitely give that a watch. Or not a watch, a listen. I'll, I'll definitely listen. I'll, I'll watch out for a listen. How about that? Well, I'm sure there are music videos. You can watch, watch yeah, it too. Yeah. For the more visual person, I'll probably mm-hmm. watch the music video. But um, yeah. I'm going to say I really appreciate you forcing me to listen to this. It was mm-hmm. really good. See, I have great musical taste. Yeah. So, That's why you're in the band and I'm, I'm just listening. Right. Yeah. Well, um, you have any, like, you have any more things you want to touch on before I grade it? Um, yeah. I think my final thoughts, um, like I said, I wasn't really familiar with the artist before um, hearing about the album. Um, and it was, good enough for me to like really get into Phoebe Bridgers as an artist Um, I've kind of binged her stuff a fair amount in the past couple weeks Um, so I know I really enjoyed it obviously like um, there's a slight language in like one song so you may not want to play it for small children but um, I definitely would recommend this record or even this just the sound in general of the genre yeah I know for me, it's definitely something I'd like to see other artists explore. Um, I really like the indie sound. So, um, yeah. Well, I think my, my final thoughts, I'd give it, I'd give it an A, um, a solid A. It definitely, go listen. Um, 
it's not the most fun album, but it is fun at times. And if you don't think too deeply, it won't creep you out too much. Or you can be like me and like overanalyze everything and be like, whoa, this is awesome. And, <laughs> and wake up feeling like something's staring at you. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so we've kind of talked about the two things that we came here to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you think can think of that people should be on the look for? Well, I can always shameless plug right now. Absolutely. Speaking of good music, um, I, like I said, am in a band with a friend of mine. It's called Crossroads EMC. You can find it on Spotify, um, Apple Music, and other streaming platforms. Or if you would like to purchase it, you can do so on iTunes. And I think cdbaby.com. Um, that's if you actually buy music now. Um, I really hope that you do. People listen to this do because um, we haven't really made money off of this because streaming doesn't give us a lot of money at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> when you only have like, I guess when you don't have like a large audience, right. you're not going to get a lot of revenue. Um, but we're actually about to release an album called Landmarks and we're working on the mixing and mastering for that for like the last few tracks. And then we're going to put that out hopefully early August. Awesome. Oh, and uh, we have a band Instagram, of course, at, and it's at Crossroads EMC. It's all one word. Okay. I will definitely go plug that in the show notes after this. Um, yeah, I've listened to your stuff. I really like it. Um, really looking forward to listening to the album. Um, For the sake of our friendship, you probably want to get, say positive things about it. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to find me, I am on Instagram at grant ingram 2021 and i'm on twitter at the grant ingram that is g-r-a-n-t-i-n-g-r-a-m if you really want to get in contact with me here at the show um the email is much talk about nothing at gmail.com would really love to get your recommendations or your comments on this episode and future episodes um so yeah ethan thank you for guest hosting it's a pleasure next episode will be about hamilton and as of now, I believe we'll have another Grant joining us. And so if you've enjoyed, please leave a review and subscribe. We really appreciate it. And until next time, for Ethan, I've been Grant, and you've been listening to Much Talk About Nothing. Thanks for joining. Mm-hmm.